Well, it's preaching time. Amen. By the way, by the way, in case you didn't know it, this is the Super Bowl right here. This, this is the Super Bowl. Amen. I can't think of any place I'd rather be. Calvary Baptist Church, 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Glad you're here. Take your Bibles. If you brought one, hope you did. If you didn't, it's like going to the table without a fork. Amen. You can, you can do it, but it's messy. Amen. Open up to 1 Timothy chapter number 3. 1 Timothy chapter number 3. Hope that you'll be back this evening in the 5 o'clock service. We're looking forward to what God has for us tonight. You say, but there's a football game on. If you say so, I don't know. I don't keep up with it. I got bigger fish to fry than a bunch of politically correct millionaires running a, running a, a pig skin full of hot air up and down the field and trying to make me think that's more important than God. Amen. I, I ain't convinced, but I'm glad you're here. Good crowd, good number here. And uh, I had so many things on my heart. I didn't know how to get it all narrowed down to just one two-hour message. Told you it was Super Bowl. Super Bowl is what, three or four hours? I'm going to preach about an hour. We're going to have a halftime show. We'll come back in here and do third and fourth quarter. Amen. Super Bowl Sunday. I love my church. That's the day. That's the event of the day. I love my church. And um, we got that idea. By the way, you say, well, that sounds a little, I don't know, I don't, that sounds a little odd. Well, people love their dog. They love their cat, which I can't imagine that. When anybody love a cat, all cats are going to go to hell when they die. Every one of them, every single one of them. They make me sneeze, make my eyes water. They act like they're smarter than you. They don't do nothing you tell them to do. They just get cat hair all over everything and act like they own the house. But people love their cats and they love their dogs and they love their football teams. And they love their sports and they love they love this and love that. Well, guess what? I love my church. By the way, Ephesians chapter number five, we're not gonna turn over there because that was the other text I almost went to. Jesus said, husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. So if Christ can love the church, then I can love the church. Amen. And gave himself for it. But that's not the text we're gonna use this morning. We're gonna go over 1 Timothy chapter number three. And verse number 15, I told them, a couple of them for church, I said, pray for me. I said, my, my brain is scattered and I'm all over the place mentally, but I'll tell you what, didn't take but a couple of them choir songs and got, got it all together, amen. I don't mind butterflies in my stomach as long as I can get them all flying in formation, then we're all right. Amen. Second, uh, First Timothy 3, look at what it says in verse 15. Paul's writing to Timothy and he said, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. And that phrase in that verse number 15 got me and that's what I want to preach on for just a little bit this morning, the church of the living God, the church of the living God. Lord, help us this morning, I pray as we Turn our hearts now to the word. I pray that you would help me to be able to communicate to your people and those who are visiting with us today, Lord, what's the, the message of the hour. Thank you for the good singing, starting out, Lord, with the little ones. What a blessing to see them up here in church this morning. And the young people and the youth, youth choir and the adult choir. And Lord, just 
to see this morning a great, great representation of our school family, of which we are so humbled and grateful for them, grateful for their sacrifice, or they, if they own a house or they are buying a house, they're paying school taxes for everybody else to go to public school, and then they turn right around and they pay tuitions for their children to go here. And Lord, I know that we probably have a combination of parents and families here today. Some are putting their kids in this school because they don't like what the public schools are offering. But we have some that are putting their kids here because they do like what we're offering. And I'm hoping, Lord, that they'll understand that this is not just an alternative to a, a bad school system, Lord, with bad teaching and, 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 and incorrect thinking and ungodly ideology, but Lord, that they would understand that here at Calvary Baptist School, it's a ministry, an extension of this church and this pulpit where we desire, Lord, to instill within the hearts of every young person, Lord, not just what's wrong, but what's right and teach them. And, and, and Lord, I pray that you would just allow us today to be a blessing to these families and our special guest today. We're grateful, Lord, to have Brother Boyd here. It's an honor to have him with us and Lord, to see him enjoying being in the house of God for the first time in a long time. And Lord, I just pray that you'd bless the message and use it, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna begin this morning by saying the church is one of the most unique entities on the planet. And it's supposed to be that way. We have a flyer back in the back hallway on the track, an outreach card says the church is different. Church in and of itself is different. This church is different as well, but... But the church, the body of Christ, is different from anything else that you will find on the face of the earth. It is not an organization. The church is an organism. Amen. And it's because it is the church of the living God. Now Paul in this letter is writing to young Timothy and he made this statement in verse number 15 that he was planning to come to him shortly in verse number, in verse number 14, hoping to come to these shortly, but if I tarry long, he said, I wrote this book because there's some things that you need to know about how to behave yourself in the house of God. We believe that the church is different. We believe we ought to have a different attitude about the church. We believe we ought to have a respect and a love and appreciation for the church because the church is different and it's unique. He didn't write a letter and tell him how he ought to behave at the movie theater. He didn't tell him how he ought to behave down at the ballpark. He didn't tell him how he ought to behave himself at the mall. He said, I want you to know how to behave yourself at the house of God. And then he made this statement expounding on the house of God. He said, the church of the living God. What a statement. What a statement. Which is the pillar and the ground of the truth. Said this morning, and spoke with a dear lady, Sister Leah, is going to join the church. Where are you at, Leah? Leah White, where are you at? Right, there you are back yonder. She's going to join our church family this morning. Amen. She said, I've been looking for a church for, since the middle of 2020. She says, I can't find a place to go where they just open up the Bible and preach the truth. I just want to be a part of this church. I want to join this church. I want to be a part of a ministry where the Bible and the truth is found. And that's what the house of God is supposed to be. The church of the living God, which is the pillar and the ground of the truth. It's sad today we got people calling themselves churches that are no more than social clubs. 
the common denominators, they all have the same interests, they all have the same hobbies, they all have the same, maybe even ideology, and that's happening on both sides of the aisle. You got churches that are filling up with ultra-liberals and they're pushing this woke, they're pushing this, this BLM, they're pushing this transgender stuff, and then over here you got these people, and the only common denominator maybe is that they're a Trump supporter or they, they're this and that. But can I tell you something? The church is not a place where the common denominator is a political party or an ideology or having the same mindset about social issues and hot topics. The, the church is supposed to be the pillar and the ground of the truth. And Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Just preach the Bible. Preach the word. Let God be true and every man a liar. When you go to church, you ought not to sit there and squirm because somebody's meddling and getting off on stuff that's not in the Bible. Just preach the Bible. It's the pillar and the ground of the truth. And you can go to some places and sit there for months and never hear a message expounding the truth. Just tell me what the Bible says. Preach the truth. But the reason why I felt this morning that God wanted me to deal with this subject is because this church is the church of the living God. The living God will have a body that is alive. <laughs> the living God will have a body that he works in and through and with that is alive. Are y'all getting this? I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Life's too short to go to a dead church. Amen, life is too short to go to a dead church. There's no way in the world I'd sit in a church that was like going to a funeral every service. And it's just dead and there's no moving of God. He called the church in the book of uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number five, he says, you're lively stones, lively stones, living stones built up into a spiritual house. The living God will have a body that is alive. The living God will have believers that are alive. Right. Yeah. Amen. You do know when you got saved, you were dead. Ephesians 2 says you were dead in trespasses and sins, but you hath he quickened. Means made alive. That word quickened is used often in the scripture and it means alive. Ephesians 2, 1, you have the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2, 5, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. Ye are saved. Colossians 2, 13, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. 1 Peter 3, 18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the spirit through his death on the cross and through his resurrection he was able to take those of us who were dead and make us alive the church of the living God will be made up of living people living believers amen if you're not saved this morning you're dead not physically but you're dead spiritually when you get saved, he makes your spirit alive. And when you're not saved, when you're not a born again believer, you can sit and listen to preaching like this or read your Bible and not get anything out of it. It's like water off a duck's back. You don't understand it. But once you get saved and the author of the scripture, the Holy Spirit of God moves in and begins to communicate with you through the preaching of the inspired word, then all of a sudden it starts making sense. Natural man understandeth not the things of God, neither indeed can he. He's spiritually discerned. So unsaved people cannot understand their Bible. They don't even understand preaching. But the living God will have a body that's alive. The living God will have believers that are alive. And the living God will have a book that is alive. Yes, You've seen that coming, didn't you? Amen. This book right here is alive. Yes, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse number 12, for the word of God is quick. 
means alive. The Word of God's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even through the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the faults and the intents of the heart. This book right here is alive. It's alive. It's amazing what God can do in somebody's heart and life when the living book is preached. The church of the living God. Living God has a living book. I just said, I dealt, I dealt with a lot of this on Wednesday night, but some of y'all wasn't here. <coughs> this doesn't contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. We got too many people today correcting the Scriptures and not just accepting the Scriptures for what it says. I'm thankful this morning. I believe in a God that's alive. The church <coughs> is alive. Excuse me. The church is a place where there are many unique events and attributes and qualities that are different from anything that the world has. By the way, by the way, the devil has a so-called church. As a matter of fact, somebody shared with me this week that the church of Satan, which by the way, that's an oxymoron. The word church means a group of baptized, born-again believers. Satan don't have that. But he, he, he always tries to imitate and counterfeit and impersonate what God does. But they're having today, and this weekend, starting I think Friday, Saturday, and today in Scottsdale, Arizona, they're having the first Satanic Temple National Convention. Right. Sold, out. Sold out. Actually, it's called Satan Con. Right. Boy, they named that pretty good. Because Satan has definitely conned them. Yeah. Sold out. Yeah. Satanic, Satanic Temple. The church, of, church is a group of born-again, saved, baptized believers that God has put together. There's something special about the church of the living God. Now, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I was introduced to the church of the living God at an early age. As a matter of fact, I went to church nine months before I was born. Amen. I cut my teeth on the back of a Baptist church pew. I did. Thank God for that. But, but there may be somebody here this morning, you say, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm, I came for the free coffee cup. I came for the, because my kids wouldn't leave me alone. I, I, I don't understand what, the, what all the fuss is. Let me tell you something, there's something special about the church of the living God. And I'm going to give you half, I'm going to give you four or five reasons right quick on why the church of the living God is so special. Why it's special to me, why it's special to God. And why it's special to you. Number one, write this down. The church living God is special because of the price that he paid for the church. The price that he paid for the church. You can tell how much somebody appreciates something, loves something by how much they, they spend for it. They spend on it. Somebody, maybe somebody here today, you might be into baseball cards. I know Mark's into baseball cards. He likes buying them and selling them. He buys them cheap and sells them high. If you want to get ripped off on baseball cards, that's the man to talk to right there. <laughs> I'm just messing with him. There's no way in the world I'm going to pay the kind of money for a baseball card that people pay. I just ain't. That's some people, are like, well, that's, that's rare. It's valuable. It's in mint condition. And they just go on and on and on. And when you get done, it's still a piece of cardboard with somebody's picture on it. But it's important to them. And we can just go down the list of things people spend their money on because it's important to them. Well, if that's any indication of how much somebody loves something, I'm going to tell you how much God loved the church. You ready for this? Put your seatbelt on. Acts chapter number 20, verse 28. Paul told the Ephesian elders, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock of God, over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, 
to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. You tell me that's not special when you purchase something with your own blood. Amen. He purchased, is everybody still with me? The church is special this morning because of the price that was paid. But can you put a price tag on the church? You can't put a price tag on it. Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6.20, you're bought with a price. If you're here this morning and you've been saved by the grace of God, he bought you. Lock, stock, and barrel. He bought you. You're not your own, he said. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Christian do not have the right to say, well, I can do whatever I want to. It's my life. I can do what I want to. It's my body. I can do whatever I want to. Whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't read the fine print. If you're saved, you belong to him, not yourself. He loves the church because of the price that he paid. And what a price. The blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross to purchase, pay for the sin debt. Because, see, we couldn't pay the sin debt. The debt was overwhelming. It's amazing to me people think they can, they can purchase they can purchase eternal life. That's all they can do to make their cell phone payment. They think they can purchase and earn eternal life and they struggle to make their car payment, their insurance payment, and their house payment. Come on now. But Jesus paid for it. We don't, have to, we don't have to pay for eternal life. It's already been paid for. That's why he made it free. That's why it's a gift. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's paid for. When Jesus died on the cross, he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost, meaning that the debt, the penalty for sin was paid for and you and I can get to heaven through the death, burial, and resurrection and the blood of Jesus Christ because it's been paid for. Imagine how somebody would feel on a birthday event or a anniversary event or a Christmas event to hand you a gift with your name on it and then you reach in your wallet and say, well, how much do I owe you? What an insult that would be. And how much of more of an insult it is to try to earn eternal life when it's already been paid for and is offered to you and I as a gift. Amen. What a blessing. Number two, write this down. The church is special because of the protection he promised to the church. How many of you is getting those phone calls about your extended warranty on your vehicle? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is your last warning. You said that the last 15 times. This is your last chance. This is the last time we're going to call you. I said, I only hope and pray that it'll be the last time you call me. Last time. It's your last call. Your car, your car vehicle insurance is about to expire. Concerned about protection, you want to make sure you have protection. That's a scam, it's a ripoff. And unfortunately, much of the world's idea of protection is a ripoff. They can't protect you but so much. It's amazing to me. And we have these idiots that want to defund the police. They might be slow getting there, but they're coming, praise God. But if you defund them and they're on the side of the road because the transmission blew up and tires are flat, it's because you didn't help them pay their bills. Amen. Yeah. We got a little bit of protection. Man offers a little bit of protection. But God offered an unbelievable 
protection for the church. It's unbelievable. In fact, here's what he said right here in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And trust me, the gates of hell are trying their best. The church of the living God is under 24-7 attack from the gates of hell. They are. And I, my church hears me say this all the time, but our problem today in this country is not a political party or a political candidate. It's not somebody sitting in an office somewhere. What we're dealing with today is satanic attacks and spiritual warfare. The devil is attacking, the gates of hell is attacking the church of the living God. But guess what? They're not gonna win. Because Jesus said, that upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And if he said it, he meant it. Some people are so scared of the devil, so scared of what the devil's gonna do. The devil can't do nothing. He can't do anything, I should say. It's proper English. He can't do anything. Some of y'all gonna wanna pull your kids out of the school when you hear how bad I butcher the English. I'm not the English teacher, so relax, all right? Down south, we take a little bit more liberty with the king's English than we should. And the devil can't do nothing, praise God. Protection he promised to the church. Number three, write this down. Church is special. Church living God special because of the power he provided to the church. Now, we live in a society today where people in elected office and people in place, they're, they're consumed with power. We've seen the biggest power grab in the civilization in the last two years. It's been a power grab. I called it, I called it March of 2020. I said, just in case some of y'all are a little bit nervous, this ain't got nothing to do with no bug from Wuhan. This is all about power grab. It's a power grab. We're two, we're two years into it and some people are going, you know, I'm starting to think that maybe, you think, you think? Two weeks to flatten the curve turned into two years to flatten your freedoms and your liberties and your rights. It's been a power grab. But can I tell you something this morning? Because I don't want to get all negative. I don't want you to walk out there going, oh, man, I can't believe I went this morning. Let me tell you something. Here's what Jesus said about the church. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. He said, tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. The church has more power in its little finger than all of Congress and all of the courts and all of the legislative bodies in the world combined. The church has all power. Which in my opinion makes it kind of special. Now I personally, personally, power is not my ambition. There are days when I would love to just sit down, set a step aside and let somebody else pastor for a little while. I'd be glad for somebody to point to me and say, I need you to go clean that bathroom. I need you to go unclog that toilet. I need you to go sweep that floor. I'd say, yes, sir, and I'd love it if I could just let somebody else be in charge for a while. I'm not on a power trip, but there's a lot of people in the world that are on a power trip. They flex their muscles and they in, 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 uh, enforce their will on, on, on people, but can I tell you something? They can't, they can't stop the power of the church. All power, all power, I like that. I'm glad to be a part of something that you can't defeat. It's invincible. Right. Amen. Amen. Church is invincible. There's going to be a whole lot of people sometime this evening going to go to bed crying because their team didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> My team didn't win. 
You couldn't believe they got there to start with. So why are you so surprised? <laughs> Nobody that they thought was going to be in the Super Bowl is in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's out for the first time in 13 years. I don't care. I don't care. Exactly. Who? Aaron Brady and Tom Rodgers. I don't care. And the Cincinnati Rams and the, and, the, and the Los Angeles Bengals. I don't care who wins. It don't matter to me. Now, if it's the Bulldogs, that's another story. Praise God. Leave my Bulldogs alone. We ain't preaching about the Bulldogs. We're talking about the Super Bowl. Come on now. Well, talking about power given to the church. I love it. Church is special because of the power that he provided. Number four, I'm hurrying. Kind of, a little bit, sort of. Write this down. Church is special because of the plan he presented to the church. See, God, God had this idea. A crazy idea, unbelievable. And when I think about it sometimes, I just think, Lord, what were you thinking? That you came to earth, you died, you was born in a manger and lived and died, rose from the dead, and right before you ascended off the top of Mount of Olives to go back to heaven, you look at all of them other guys that were fishermen and tax collectors and a bunch of who know what's and a bunch of nobodies and you said to them, I want you to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. His plan was for his disciples to evangelize the world. And I don't care how many times I read it, how many times I preach it, it overwhelms me the responsibility that he gave to the church. He could have wrote the plan of salvation in the constellations. He could have put John 3.16 on the back of every leaf. He could have. He could have the angels come down from heaven and go all over the world and they wouldn't have had to go to language school. And they could have spoke fluently in every language, in every country, in every corner of the globe. But his plan, his plan was to take sinful man, save them, regenerate them, fill them with the spirit, put his word in their hand and send them out as soul winners and missionaries all around the world to be a witness and a testimony and a trophy of the grace of God. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Church is amazing because of the plan that is presented to the church. He said in Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. What an amazing, amazing plan. Tell every man, every woman, every boy and every girl, Jesus died on the cross for them. Here at Calvary Baptist Church, we have multiple soul winning, organized soul winning and evangelistic and outreach opportunities throughout the week. We support 156 missionaries around the world in 104 countries. It's a moving, it's moving goalpost. I have to ask my missions director because we're taking missionaries on all the time. Amen. For $100 a month, some $500 a month, sending missionaries and soul winners all over the world. Why? Well, that was the plan he presented to the church. It's kind of awesome. Amen. It's kind of awesome. Amen. Marissa, Nathan, and Baby Landon's in Texas this week at a missions conference at Brother Gray's down at Longview, yeah. presenting and preaching and telling them about what God's called them to do. And they're going to plan to go to the Philippines sometime in June, Lord willing. Preacher, it's going to be hard for you to send that grandbaby off, you think? 
That's what I get for doing it to my in-laws and my parents when I took my family to Africa in 2001. When we pulled out and went to Africa, and so many people, they didn't mean, any, they didn't mean anything by it, but they'd come up to us and say, I can't believe you're going to take them three beautiful children to Africa. And I said, well, if they were ugly, it would be okay if I took them. <laughs> Can't help but take after me. Can't help. I got to do what God called me to do. That was his plan. And then all of a sudden I give my children, our children were born. We gave them to God at the altar and we gave them to the Lord. I'm trying to find some Bible scholar somewhere that can explain to me how is it I gave my kids to the Lord, but I didn't give my grandkids to the Lord. Somehow they're still going to the Philippines. I didn't, I didn't make that clear enough, Brother Hall. I didn't say, Lord, you can have my daughter and you can definitely have my son-in-law. But you can't have the grandbaby. What's the, what's the deal? We're going to cry. We're going to weep. And we're going to send them off. Why? Because that's the plan that he presented to the church. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's amazing. You got time for one more? Do we need a two-minute warning? Number five, write this down. The church is special because of the place he prepared for the church. <laughs> I don't want to bust your bubble this morning, but this ain't the end. You've been working so hard to pay that house off. If you're saved, if you're saved, you've got another house. I'm going to go out on a limb here by looking at you, and I'm going to assume it's going to be a good bit better than the one you got now. You won't need to paint the shutters. You won't need to fix the gutters. You won't need to tighten up the hinges. You won't need to paint it. You won't need to pressure wash it. He went and the Bible says in John chapter number 14, he said, uh, he's, here's what he said. Let me get started here. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you. I'd go to prepare a place yeah. for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. I'm thankful this morning I can say that this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue and the church is amazing and it's unique and it's special because of the place that he's prepared for us amen no taxes no homeowners association no HOA in heaven hallelujah that'll preach right there People used to say, trying to sound spiritual, well, I'll just be grateful if I get to heaven and I've got a little cabin on the backside of glory where you can have your cabin. I done had a cabin. I want a mansion. I want a mansion. Amen. Now, if you've got one of those bad translations, it might say in my father's house are many rooms. But God's not running a boarding house or a motel. Amen. In my father's house are many mansions. And me, with my construction background and my eye for detail, I cannot wait to walk into a house that doesn't have a punch-out list of stuff I got to fix. Huh? It's going to be amazing. I'm going to walk up on the front, I'm going to walk in the front door, and I'm going to be standing on the front porch, and I'm not going to be thinking to myself, I wonder who finished this concrete. This is like a Friday 4.30 job right here. I wonder who hung these lights. It's crooked. I wonder who painted this door right here. They used the wrong kind of brush. Come on now. When I get to my mansion, it's going to be perfect. And everybody in here that is saved 
is going to have one. You say, well, what if I'm not saved? Well, get saved and then you can have one. Amen. Your own. You can't stay with me. You're going to get your own. Amen. He's in heaven. Preparing a mansion. Some of y'all sure are taking this good. Brother Hall, how long have you been living in that row home over there off Charles Mont? How long? How many years? 46 years. Guess what you're going to be able to do when you get to heaven? You're going to be able to sit on your front porch and not smell the cigarette smoke yeah. from your next door neighbors. Yeah. You're going to be able to sit on your couch and not hear the next door neighbors on the other wall cussing and raising sand and TV's too loud and stereo's too loud and babies are crying. You ain't going to have to worry about that. You're going to get to heaven. You're going to have a mansion. What a day, what a day, what a wonderful day. See, all that, all that, and that's just a few things. I have about that many more, but I'm out of breath and you're out of time. I'm talking about the church is unbelievable. It's unique, it's special. And I'm glad this morning to be a part of the church. You, if you're saved, part of the church. Now, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, look what you're missing out on. Look what you're missing out on. You're still dead. No relationship with God. No communication from the Holy Spirit. No indwelling of the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you through truth and to comfort you in these very disturbing times. You don't have that. Every sin you've ever committed is still hanging over your head. And the ordinances, the list of ordinances you talked about in Colossians, the handwriting of ordinances, if you're not saved, it's still hanging over your head. But when you got saved, he put some transfers them to the cross of Christ and the handwriting of ordinances, he hung them over his head. And Jesus, come on now, Jesus took all your sin and he washed them in the blood of Jesus Christ and they're gone. John the Baptist said, looking at Jesus, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Some of you say, I don't know why these people are so excited. I don't know why they're getting so carried away because we're going to heaven. We don't deserve to go to heaven. We ought to go to hell because we sin. But Jesus paid for our sin and he gave us salvation and we're going to heaven and that's why we can't hardly contain ourselves. There's going to be people this afternoon when their team wins the Super Bowl, they're going to jump up and down. They're going to act like a bunch of fools. That's what my daddy used to say. My daddy used to say, you go to a ball game and act like a Comanche Indian and go to church and act like a wooden Indian. Come on now. The church is amazing, but it starts, it starts, it starts. It starts with admitting that you are a sinner in need of salvation. And by faith, by faith, accepting Jesus Christ. In John 14, I just read the verses. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Then said, then said Thomas, how can we know the way? Jesus said, verse 6, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You want to get to heaven? You want a mansion in heaven? You want all your sins washed away? You want the Holy Spirit to move in? You want the Bible to come alive? You want for God to be your father? You want all that? Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Amen. There's no other way. There's no other way. It'd be our greatest honor this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed. It'd be our greatest honor, our greatest privilege this morning to help somebody get saved. To help somebody that's not sure that they're saved, to be saved. 
I wonder if there would be someone this morning, we do this every service, don't get nervous. We do this every service at Calvary Baptist Church. Would there be somebody here with heads bowed, eyes closed? Pastor Shiflett, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. Please pray for me. Would you be honest enough with yourself and with God and signify that just by lifting your hand? Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anybody, anywhere? Pray for me, preacher. Anybody, anywhere? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We would love to help you this morning. We would love to take a Bible and from the Bible show you step one, step two, step three, step four, how you can be born again, birthed into the family of God and have access to all the things I preached about this morning and to become a part of the church of the living God. There's a phone number on the screen. If you're watching the service online, if you'll text that number and say, I need to talk to somebody, somebody will call you in just a minute and help you over the phone. But if there's somebody here today Maybe you're here and you say, preacher, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. There's no question in my mind that I have been born again and that I'm saved. But I've not been the Christian that God would have me to be. And I would like for you to remember me in prayer. Would you just honestly just slip your hand up? Hands are going up, hands are going up, hands are going up. Hands are going up all over the building. God bless you. Thank you so much for being honest with God. Now listen, I'm going to ask you if you would be willing to do this. We've got folks that's come down and they've knelt on the altar. There's folks that have left their seat and they're down here praying. They're making commitments to God. They're talking to God about whatever God was talking to them about during the service. Would you come? Would you join? While they play the instruments, would you come? Would you just leave your seat and join these at the altar? Just, just take your burdens to the